So I want you to imagine yourself exactly where you want to be. You are where you want to be. Let it be financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever that looks like. You are there. And my question is to you, have you thought about when I am there, who am I supposed to be helping? Some people already understand who their wealth is supposed to help. But I'm not just talking about your family. Let it be your parents, grandparents. Um, let it be your children, spouse, whomever. Some people it could be their church. But who particularly has God called your wealth to impact? Last week, we began um, to talk about the prophetic words that the Lord gave me. Um, one was last year and one was earlier part of this year. And we're going to continue that conversation. But one thing I want us to understand is that whenever we obtain anything from the Lord, we are supposed to have it in our hearts and our minds to be ready to serve others with it. So if I obtain another level of God's knowledge or his wisdom, whatever it is, it is not just for me to hold on to it, but it's for me to help others along the way. And that is the same with our wealth. So we're going to talk about that. Who has God assigned to you regarding your wealth? Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited and thankful that you are back. For those who are new here, I am Jennifer Jefferson. This is Conquer Me Podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus. So last week's episode and the week before, we began to speak about the prophetic word that the Lord gave. Um, those who know me personally know that the Lord really allows me to, has graced me to move in the prophetic realm for some time now. Now he is, uh, I guess you could say, kind of releasing me to other people. In God, there's always stages and phases, however you want to announce it. But there's a process. It's a step-by-step with God. And I'm so grateful that he moves us like that because he knows what we can handle, what we can, what we are prepared for, what we can actually um combat or fight against certain things that I see now and that I'm, I will experience now. I know 20 years ago, I would not have been able to, right? So I'm thankful for how gentle and how wonderful God is and how he moves with us as his children. And so um, I want to go back to this prophetic word because when I gave the word, it was, I want to say on episode 24. And then last week, I went a little bit deeper into some things, but this one, I want to specifically talk about the one about accumulating wealth, and I'm going to reread it for you. The Lord gave me this on December 13th of 2022. And the Lord said as, um, and this is what the Lord gave me as I was leaving my, uh, leaving the gym and get into the car and I heard crash. And my immediate reaction, I thought it was car crash because why I'm in the car. And so my first thought was, Lord, I need to pray against all car accidents. I started praying against a car accident for myself, my family, everybody, and the Lord immediately stopped me. And then I heard economic crash. And the Lord said this, 
economic crash over the next six years, accumulate as much wealth as possible. What will come after that will be catastrophic. And I said, oh, Lord, in the first uh, person that the Lord placed on my heart to call, and I called my husband immediately, Chris, and I said to him what I just heard. And the Lord placed on his spirit, Joseph in the dream. And if you really want to know about Joseph and his, in, his story, which I think all of us would benefit from in this time, it is found in Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. So those chapters really focus on his story and his trials and his ups and downs from the from before he was sold into slavery to the moment where he reigned into forgiving of his brothers and sisters and brothers. I mean, it is all of these things. And I feel like his story is relatable to a lot of people because I don't want any believer to have a misunderstanding that because I am following God, there won't be ups and downs or I am following God or I'm in a place where I don't deserve this pain or don't deserve this, then I cannot still walk in the character he called me to walk in. Because when we read the story of Joseph, remember he was, for those who don't know, this is why I encourage us to read Genesis 37, chapter 37 until uh, chapter 50. He was sold into slavery by his own brothers because his brothers were jealous of him because his father really did uh, treat him differently than the other brothers. Um, and it was because the father understood his call and his anointing. And you see that. You see that he was the special child and really he wanted to connect with his brothers, but his brothers didn't want and they sold him into slavery. Now, how not that the craziest thing? To be sold into slavery because you were favored. But the thing is, Joseph held on to what he was taught by his father. He held on to what um, his faith spoke to, right? And so for any of us, does not matter what we go through. We have to hold on to what God has said, which is challenging, Remember, he was not only sold into slavery, then after that, he was elevated and was at Potiphar's house. Then Potiphar's wife trying to come at him, lied on him, trying to make it seem like he attacked her. It was a whole mess. Then the brother was in jail. So he went in as a kid. I think I think it was about 17 around there. He was not really elevated out of this mess into a position where he is now, where I'm going to read. I think he was about 30 years old about that time. So you're talking about about 13, 12 years. He was in some nonsense that was not his. But yet he kept his character and he held on to God. And the Lord kept elevating him even in the trials, right? And I still want us to get this because we have to see the hand of God, the blessings of God, the love of God, even before we reach the quote unquote place where we desire. Because here's the truth. When we get to that place, the question is, who are we still assigned to help? We help along the way and we help once we have quote unquote made it, whatever your made it looks like, right? Whatever that dream is that God has placed on your heart, whatever that desire is, there is still an assignment. There's still a responsibility for you. 
regarding your position, your status, and your wealth. We can't, um, specifically over here in America, I don't know how it is in other countries, because God has it. I'm so excited. I'm seeing that the podcast is reaching people in various countries, which is so exciting to me. Um, and thank you to everyone who listens from those who are in the States and those who are in other countries. Um, but in America specifically, we have this mentality of you get you go get yours and you get mine, right? But there's still an aspect of community. I do not want to dismiss that because there is community here. But we are a very... Um, grind country. It is about go get it, work hard and not just work hard, but it's like a consistent thing. Go, 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 go. Go till you reach it. But the question is, how does this align with God and how does that mentality align with God? But then once I've reached whatever, how do I still glorify God with that? Because one of my favorite scriptures is, and you guys have heard me say this, is Deuteronomy 8, 18. For it is the Lord who has given us the power to obtain wealth. If you go back, and I encourage you all to go back and read the entire chapter of Deuteronomy 8. He's speaking to the children of Israel and saying what is to come about where they are and the things that they have overcome and how we still have to bless and honor God when we are in the trenches. And once again, I'm paraphrasing, when we are in the trenches, but also when we reach this level where we're not in struggle anymore, we're not in pain anymore, we're not in some financial distress anymore. We still have to remember it was the Lord who gave us the power and the ability to obtain wealth. It was God himself. So with this prophetic word that the Lord gave of last year, and the Lord is now telling me to release it to people. The Lord is saying, accumulate as much wealth as possible. Because what is to come will be catastrophic. And I have these questions I want you all to really think about. And then we'll go on to Genesis with Joseph. With this prophetic word, I want you to, number one, pray for the Lord's wisdom and discernment on how to accumulate wealth. How to accumulate wealth. So one thing that the Lord has given myself and my husband for our own financial, um, I guess you could say plan, uh, the Lord gave this to me, I want to say a couple of years ago. I, I, I try my best whenever I'm in prayer, when the Lord gives me stuff to write dates down to or so I can see when the Lord gave it to me. But this one, I want to say it was a couple of years ago. I was praying about and said, Lord, there's so much financial information out there. And I'm one who naturally likes information about finances, money, investments, budgeting, I love a good discount. I love a good uh, coupon. All of these things, right? <laughs> it's just my mom tells stories about when I was a kid, I would get birthday money and how everyone else, it seemed like the other children would want to spend their birthday money, but I was the one saving my money because I knew I wanted to go to college. When I got my first um, paycheck, and I remember getting a scholarship when I was in middle school. Now the scholarship was like $300. But I put that money to the side. I said, that's part of my, that is going to be part of my um, my college fund. And I remember researching and looking up how much college was, um, how much 
the um the what well, at that time the career path that I wanted, how much they were making. Now this is this is pre-internet. So for all of us who remember pre-internet when we had to go to the library and pull out a whole bunch of books, sit down. We had to spend hours and truthfully, I still like going to the library because it is so peaceful there. And I love just the quiet and maybe it's just the nostalgia of it all, right? Because that's where I spent a lot of time in high school. Um, But my mother brings up how I always had this, even when I was, when I got like my first real paying gig where I was making really good money, it was salary and, uh, and commission, I, I was a good saleswoman, but I made sure that I literally had chunks of my money to the side in savings. If my account hit a certain amount, I wouldn't go past it. Now, if my account, and I'm serious, like when I, now this is before husband and kids. So in real bills, because I was still living at my parents' house, you know, 19 years old, I wouldn't let my account go past $1,500. And I remember my friends asking me like, oh, can we go kick it? Can we go hang out? I'm like, oh no, I ain't got it. You got to wait paycheck, the next paycheck. And I was dead serious. And so I'm saying all this because I have always been one who likes, who's always been interested in, Finances. I really do look back at it. I, I kind of, I've said more than once, but I know in everything, there's a reason for it. I used to say like, I really should have majored in economics because that was my favorite class in college. Um, and so I still have that passion where I will listen to financial reports in the morning. I have several books about finances. But the thing is, when there's so much information out there, you begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what is my specific path? And that's what I was doing that uh, during prayer when the Lord gave this to me, what I'm about to share with you all. I asked the Lord, what is my specific Path. What is what is the path for my husband and I and for our children? And God, you know all the things that we need to do. You know the people that we need to encounter. We, you know, the businesses that we need to grow. All this stuff. So, what the Lord gave me, and this might help somebody. Um, you pray about it for yourself. But I want you to imagine a pyramid. And it is, uh, I want to say, seven, seven or eight tier pyramid. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, eight tier pyramid. So the first step, I guess you could say, so imagine yourself walking up the stairs, right? But it's a pyramid shape. So imagine yourself, the first step is foundation, multiple streams of income and management. What do I mean by management? Learning how to budget it learning how to save it, learning how to make sure that uh, bills or if there is any type of bills that's out there, making sure things are paid, paid on time, whatever that case is, right? It is the management, being a good steward. God is calling his children to be good stewards. Now, my husband and I, we are entrepreneurs. So as entrepreneurs, we can identify multiple streams of income pretty fast. Now it does take time to produce them, but we can identify, you know what, if we create this service or this product, this can be another stream of income. So for those who work a nine to five, you have to think about if I, because not everyone is supposed to be an entrepreneur, 
Let me put that out there. It is a lot of work to be an entrepreneur. You actually spend more hours and more time into being an entrepreneur than you are working for someone nine to five. It, it, well, let me say this, depends on your job. So if you're working a nine to five, and for those who don't know what the terminology of nine to five is, that just means someone who's working for somebody else. So if you're working for somebody else, you need to ask yourself, am I underpaid? Am I making enough money? And what is interesting is the past few weeks or so, the Lord has been dealing with me regarding financial trauma. I'm just now starting to dig into it, so I will not start talking about it as I am an expert because why? I don't know. Okay? Okay. But I have started to dig into financial trauma. And for some of us who have experienced trauma um, on any level, we really don't understand and know how that stuff overflows into our finances. And for some people, let's say you had a really good childhood, but if you were not taught about finances, if there is some negative emotion about finances, a lot of people deal with shame regarding their money, how they manage their money, what they spend their money on. There is so much shame. I heard uh, someone say her name is Tiffany uh, Aleche. She said uh, uh, covering shame does not into solutions, something like that. But basically, you have to re let, let go of the shame or reveal the shame so that you can start dealing with solutions. If I don't address what is going on within me, I cannot build the wealth that God has. This is still talking about the prophetic. Because the Lord told us you have so many years to accumulate as much wealth as possible. So if I have so much time to accumulate as much wealth as possible, that means, Lord, not only do the work of it, but what do I have any emotional or mental negativity regarding money? Because one of the scriptures that is so misquoted, not just in the body of Christ, but definitely within the world, um, and it's so interesting that this scripture keeps being circulated for whatever reason. It, it really does. It keeps being circulated and it's misquoted often. And what I want to do is I'm going to read this. It is 1 Timothy 6, 10 through 12. And it says this, For the love of money is a root of all evil, which some... Uh, which while some coveted after, they have erred from their ways and have their faith, excuse me, pierced themselves through with many arrows. And I want, that was the King James Version. And then I want to read the new King James Version. Now I'll read the um, NLT. I want to read the NLT version on this. So it says this, once again, we're in First uh, Timothy 6, 10 through t uh, 12. 
For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. I'm bringing this up because as you build your multiple streams of income and as you manage it, you cannot let this become a love. There's another scripture that tells us that you cannot serve both God and mammoth. And mammoth is, is money because you will love one and hate the other. You will serve one and despise the other. So because we are believers, we always have to walk into a place of, I am walking in God and his faith. Money is a tool. This is why I asked earlier, what, I'm sorry, who it does, uh, who are you supposed to impact with your wealth? It is a tool. So imagine every dollar that you have is like a physical tool a hammer, um, a saw, a wrench, a nail. So you have a warehouse full of all these tools that are supposed to help people build, but yet you ain't allowing nobody to touch it. You're not giving any of them away. How about this? You're not even trying to sell it. It is all a tool. And these are the things that God has given us for his glory. And we have to make sure that we place money in the right perspective. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is like my third time trying to record this. And I really feel like the timing of the Lord had me had me to do it today because now the Lord has released me of a lot of stuff. But the few other times where I try to record this podcast, I was having a lot of technical difficulties. I was having all this stuff and I'm like getting frustrated and I'm praying. And then, but also I felt this uneasiness about talking about this because too many voices within the Christian faith have misused this topic they have either taught it incorrectly or they have taught it as another God. And so when that happens, some of us are fighting things and seeds that have been placed on us. This is why we have to say, Lord, reveal anything. Technical term in the, in the world, I'll say in the science world is financial trauma. But Lord, is there any financial trauma in me? Did I see my parents mishandle money or did they argue about money? Or was my mom or dad stressed out every time we asked for for a dollar? Did they fuss? You know what I'm saying? It can be whatever. Or how about this? Did someone in my family teach me money was a thing that makes people be great? This is how they show their love. And so now, now that I don't have it, I don't know how to show people love because I don't feel good because I don't have enough money. I only know how to buy people's love, right? All of these things we have to address as people of God. God is so wonderful to where he always address not only the natural man, but the spirit, He wants us to give all of ourselves over to him. So there is strategy in the word of God when it comes to finances. There are over 2,000 scriptures, 2,000 scriptures that talk about finances in some capacity. Over, let it be how to manage it, how to invest it. 
let it be what the promises of the Lord are. And then also, it, it also discussed the, um, I guess you could say like the woes or the dangers and the potential dangers, just like what I read. It's the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money. Because the only person that we are supposed to love is God himself. Then he, then we're supposed to love people, right? Love our neighbors as our loves. We are supposed to love our enemies. I can't be loving some tool, a piece of paper, a, a digital product. We appreciate it. We respect it. But I cannot love it. So the first tier that the Lord gave me was for my husband and I to build our multiple streams of income and management. So for those who are not entrepreneurs, I want you to think about like, Lord, how can I increase my income? How can I increase my income? Am I consciously or subconsciously going after jobs that are underpaying me? Because maybe I don't feel like I'm worth it. Or maybe I feel like I'm a fail if I go for more. These are things that you have to deal with. The second step up is investing. So then once we have your foundation really laid out, uh, laid out, let it be multiple streams of income and management. And management is including savings. Now, I know specifically over here in the States, some people uh, appreciate Dave Ramsey and some people do not like Dave Ramsey. Either way, find a system that will take care of or a way or someone who, who can teach you how to budget, someone who can teach you how to manage your finances from savings, how to get into a high yield savings account. Um, I, the reason why I'm mentioning Dave Ramsey, because he has a seven step program where literally it's like his first step that he wants you to do is to save a thousand dollars as fast as you can. This is what's called your emergency fund. You don't touch it. Then I think the second step is uh, paying off credit cards, like the small little, and it teaches you how to do that. There are a lot of financial people. I know I've listened to Anthony O'Neill. He is a Christian man. Dave Ramsey is a Christian man too, as, as well. They all come from biblical perspective. There's another lady, T Tiffany Aleche. She has a book called Getting, I think, Get Good With Money. She's a Christian woman. So it's like all of these people, there's a lot of people that God has assigned to really, really dive deep within finances, right? Um, but I really pray that first, before you do the act of it, you deal with where you are mentally and spiritually regarding finances, making sure that you are being consistent with tithes and offering. And if you struggle with that, take that to the Lord in prayer and seek wisdom and wise counsel. We are allowing things that are, are supposed to be the promise of God to keep us behind so that we're not able to live the life and really minister and help those who we are called to help, right? So I want to get back to this and I'm going to go through this real quickly. So investments. So after we get our multiple streams of income management, God said, work on your investment. Start looking at investing, learning. For me, the Lord told me you need to be a wise investor. So I don't have the privilege to just find a stock and say, oh, that looks good and go into it. So now I am learning how to do this stuff. So I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm asking the Lord to guide me. And the Bible even mentions um, about the parable of the sowers with a talent. And it talks about how those who multiplied that talents, meaning investing, 
or they flipped it, right? They had a return on their investment. They were a, they were called blessed by their master. They were elevated. It's the same thing with Joseph. There was elevation. Then the Lord told me from there, start working on your loans and debts. Uh, from there, because now I want to make this clear, the Bible talks about that the, the lender, I'm sorry, the slave will be, I mean, the borrower will be a slave unto the lender. What does that mean? As long as you owe somebody something else, your money and your it's like there is this attachment. Like I always got to pay this student loan. I always got to pay this credit card bill, mortgage, whatever the case is. The Bible tells us that. And the Bible tells us that he called us to be the lender and not the borrower. So this is why we have to elevate ourselves so that we are working to be aligned with the word of God. And be patient because that does take time. After that, then the Lord goes into, uh, tells us to get into real estate. You want to know a place, one a specific spot where the Lord talks about real estate, um, Proverbs 31. Look at the Proverbs 31 woman. And, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, and she goes out and scopes the land to purchase. Proverbs 31 woman was serious. She really does break down some financial principles if you look at it. Okay, now uh, above real estate, take a step up. We're going into ownership. What does that mean? Debt free. That means we completely own our real estate. Everything we don't own anybody. Why? Because now we are in the place of lending and not borrowing. A step above that, we are rinsing and repeating. We're constantly growing. We're constantly repeating what God has already taught us. The next step above that is now educating. Now this goes into who God has called us to help. Some things God will call us to help people one-on-one through education. Some of it is through God may along the way tell you to start a business or side something. That could be an extra an extra um, income, but it's still helping people along the way. But the top tier of this off is give. I will never forget during the pandemic when the Lord, um, I came across this article and I believe this gentleman was a Christian gentleman, um, but either way, he was a billionaire and um, he had several properties in Hawaii. And because, not the pandemic, excuse me, the, uh, the market crash. When the market crashed in 2008, so many people lost their homes and so many people were homeless. So what he did, he started giving away homes. I just saw this video a couple of days ago about a woman she is, she has a skincare line, but she's a multimillionaire and she invests heavily in real estate. One of her gifts was to her tenants. She wanted to give them a month's free of rent. She said, this is around Christmas time. So you all take that money and do whatever. But then also I believe she was giving them financial advice along the way so that they can finally, so that they can be a homeowner, right? Because she said that, she said, what you all pay me in rent is really what you all can do in mortgage, but you have to do the work, right? So, but imagine more and more people who have the heart of God have the wealth. They're not trying to hold on to it for themselves. They are not trying to say, well, I just need to do it for myself. No, your wealth is God's. Remember, we said in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, remember it was the Lord your God who gave you the ability to produce wealth. So God, if you have given me the ability to produce this, teach me how to use it. 
Who am I supposed to serve? So the first question I asked you all was pray for the Lord's wisdom and discernment on how to accumulate wealth. Number two, ask for a deeper and biblical understanding of wealth. What did I say? There's 2,000 scriptures regarding, 2,000 scriptures regarding wealth, finances, money, over 2,000 scriptures. That is a lot. And I know y'all don't want me to sit here and go through all of them. You're like, Jan, we here for, this is, we in hour 10. And we sit there talking about money, but it's so much, but it has to be a determination that not only will we seek wise counsel, those who are, um, who have committed their lives to this, but we also have to, number one, seek the word of God. The word of God and God himself is our source. Everything else is a resource. Number three, ask God to reveal to you the purpose of your assigned wealth. When we go back and we look at Genesis 41, this is when Pharaoh had the dream. And as Pharaoh had the dream, he began to tell him what to do. He said, I need you to, Joseph told Pharaoh exactly what the dream was. And it says in here um, that it was basically representative of seven years of plenty. But then after there was going to be seven years of famine. So the seven years of famine was so bad that it literally devoured the memory of the seven years of plenty. So according to, so we can take that same scripture and apply that to the prophetic word that the Lord gave last year, 2022, and whenever this happens, right? I mean, um, when it comes to pass, that's what I want to say. Last year, 2022, when he said, you have six years to accumulate wealth because what is to come will be catastrophic. Anything that is catastrophic, it is so life altering. I remember telling, um, uh, the prayer team at my church regarding what the Lord gave me. And our pastor earlier that earlier this year spoke something along the same lines. And I remember someone saying, she said, Lord, she said, Lord, people are still recovering from the pandemic. And I said, I know. So the Lord is trying to prepare his children so imagine if we had the pandemic and the market crash, 2008 market crash all at once. Now, I'm not saying it's happening all at once, right? Because whatever happens is when the Lord has it to happen. But when the Lord gives us warning, first of all, what a blessing it is that he's given his children warning. Because the Bible speaks about how the reason why Jesus speaks in parables to those who are not believers, but those who are believers, he's able to basically speak clearly and frank and to the point. So this is why we send, this is why God sends the message to his children to give out to everyone else, say, hey, there's some things that we have to get in order. But when we speak to those who are non-believers, there's a certain way we have to communicate, but it first needs to hit us. So we have to say, oh, Lord, you're telling us to become prepared financially. So if I'm spending too much, Lord, let me go back. Part of the management is you have to be aware of where your money is going. No longer is it I'm just going to do what I want to do because I have one life to live. Yes, you have one life to live. For those of us who are a little bit older, we can look back and say, yeah, I wish I would have had this wisdom 10 years ago. So we're, so our duty is to tell others, hey, listen. Listen. 
Because what Joseph did, he was able to interpret the dream accurately, but also the Lord gave wisdom. This is why the Holy Spirit said, pray for wisdom and discernment on how to accumulate wealth and how to manage it and who you are called to serve with it. Because one of the things that I'm trying to find the exact scripture where it says in here, um, and it's in uh, scripture, Genesis 30, I'm sorry, Genesis 41 and 34. And we're in the New King James Version. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land. So officers, people who are going to manage it. Someone who has some knowledge and some wisdom about it. To collect one fifth of the produce of the produce of the land of Egypt in seven plentiful years. So one fifth is 20%. So after you pay your tithes and offering, put 20% into the tithe, to the side. And you can just label that in your bank account or your bucket, whatever, and just say wealth building. I don't know. <laughs> However you want to, or you could put Genesis 41, 34, Right. However, whatever you need to label it to remember, this is me preparing for what is to come. So 20 percent. And then you're like, God, I'll take then the bills will be taken care of and whatever else is left over. But we have to have a shift in our mentality and ask God to really help us in this. But here's the thing that is so amazing, because Joseph spoke what he spoke. Pharaoh said he couldn't find anyone like this who has the spirit of God. So he elevated him to this position of being basically the the only person that's right under Pharaoh. He had that much authority in the land. Remember, he was not a born Egyptian. He did not have believe in their God. He still believed in the true living God. And God elevated him in such a... I don't want to say in a destitute place because he was still a slave, but there was elevation that happened immediately after this. So because they followed what Joseph said and Joseph was doing what the Lord said, verse 47 says in the same chapter, now in the seven plentiful years, uh, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid it up, uh, laid up the food in the cities. And he laid up in every city, the food of the fields, which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. So a scripture that comes to mind is Ephesians 3.20, where it says he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think, but we have to move. Whenever I read miracles in the Bible, there was years of suffering, serving, serving, or there was a certain level of desperation. A lot of us, it does not mean that miracles don't exist because God knows they still do today. But I love how my friend Kim said it. She said, the Bible says that the miracle signs and wonders follow those that believe. So the following is me moving in what I believe. That means that everything will come to pass as I believe. Joseph, this is a prime example. He went from slavery to jail. 
And then when called out of jail, he still did what he believed. And he was not looking for him to be the person in charge. But because he walked in what God called him to, God gave him favor among men. That is the word of God. God will give you favor among men when you do what God has called you to, when you do what you believe. And because of that, he was elevated. He gave wisdom. He was now in a better place. He was not only able to bless himself, but bless the people of Egypt. Because when the famine came and the seven years of plenty was over, verse 54 says this, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph has said, and the famine was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Continuing 55. So when all the land of Egypt was now famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And then the Pharaoh said to all of Egypt, all of the Egyptian Egyptians, go to Joseph, wherever he says to do, you do. Verse 56, the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine began, became so severe in the land of Egypt. So all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the land. If you go back and read 41, and I believe it spills over into 42, you will see strategy. Not only did he give, there was a certain amount that God, um, that Joseph also sold. So even with your wealth, there is an accumulation process, even as you continue to grow, which we know this is part of your investments, multiple streams of income, you owning stuff, because as we grow in these things, the prayer is, Lord, surround us with the right people. Remember, Joseph told him, you need to get the right folks in order to manage this. So right now, you may be the only person. So as you study the word of God, you ask God, God, where do I go to obtain financial understanding? Where do I go to deal with any financial negative or bondage mindsets that I am unaware of? God, reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. Heal me of it. But Lord, I thank you for your wisdom for it. I thank you for your wisdom. Joseph knew he was meant to serve the people of Egypt. Who are you meant to serve? So when I say, who is your wealth for? Well, it's two questions. Ask God to reveal the purpose of your assigned wealth. Number four, who has God called you to serve with your wealth? So the purpose of the wealth was to make sure that there was enough because of the famine was coming through so that people will be able to be fed, take care of their families and all, I mean, take care of the family, all this stuff. But who he was called to serve specifically were the Egyptian people. And those who were not Egyptian, this is when we learn when his brothers come, because his brothers were not Egyptian, he was able to sell them grain. So he was still able to help other people who were outside of the quote unquote uh, called or quote unquote section of people where they just give. So there is so much meat when we have to understand and so much levels to this. So many levels to this about understanding wealth. It goes beyond just having your dream house and your dream whatever, right? And there's nothing wrong with that stuff. I want to make that clear. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But what is the purpose of it all? Who am I serving? I really do encourage you all to read and study Genesis 41 and study other financial scriptures. And I want you to really, really pray and ask God to reveal to you what are the steps you need to do to what accumulate wealth, give you the wisdom and discernment on how to accumulate wealth. Ask for a deeper and biblical understanding of wealth. Ask for God to reveal to you the purpose of your assigned wealth and who has God called you to serve with your wealth. Remember, it is the Lord who has given us the power to produce wealth. It is the Lord. We cannot forget the Lord our God as he elevates us as he increases our finances, as we increase within our jobs, let it be from career, uh, let it be from promotion, as our businesses expand, whatever it is, do not forget the Lord your God. Because like what 1 Timothy says, it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil that have caused people to be strayed away from their faith. It is their greed. But if I have in my mindset, God, this is a tool and I will not be greedy for this tool. What I will be hungry for is you, hungry for your spirit, hungry for your wisdom. King Solomon, according to the Bible and according to what theologians said, he was the richest man that was mentioned in the Bible, the richest. But what he said was, Lord, What he asked the Lord when he became a king, remember, he's the son of David. He said, Lord, teach me how to go in and out before your people. It is about our heart heart posture. Even as we accumulate our wealth, ask the Lord consistently, Lord, reveal my heart posture. I pray that you have received something. I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit regarding finances and even for our eyes to be open regarding strategies. God is so strategic. And so ask the Lord for strategies, but also ask the Lord if you are dealing with financial traumas. Have there been some, and and maybe some of us don't really like the word trauma. I personally, I get it, but I don't want the, I don't like the word trauma. But were there any financial negative seeds, things that were against the truth of the Lord that has been implanted in you, habits, ways, whatever it is. I I really do encourage you for where the Lord is uh, taking his children and what is to come. We have to be free from someone, so much stuff, but especially regarding things of finances, we can't allow it to be a God or, or, or even an enemy. It has no power, not over our spirit and our mind and our soul. It is a tool that the Lord has given us to help others so that also we may live a blessed life, but then also we can help others live a blessed life. So imagine, so as you imagine what you want for your life, I want you to also imagine what it will feel like to buy a home for somebody. And you tell them, you know what? You can live here seven months free and I'm gonna help you to get yourself financially or I'm gonna help you to connect with the right people. Imagine that. 
Imagine able to feed people. Imagine able to transform schools. Imagine all these things. Those who are really passionate about law, imagine being able to support the right politician. Whatever it is, just imagine that. And ask the Holy Spirit to clear your heart from anything that is not of him. Reveal that and ask of his wisdom. And God, that's what we're praying right now for all of us. For our heart to be revealed regarding how we view money. Do we glamorize it too much? Have we? Do we have a negative view towards it? Has it had too much of a hold on us? Whatever it is, God, reveal that to us. And let us be so strong willed to where we go on this journey, where we want to seek more of your understanding regarding what you say regarding money, how to manage it, how to do all these things. Because God, it's a tool that is here. Obviously, it has some importance because it's mentioned in the word of God so many times. But you give us in the word of God a full and whole perspective of it. So God, I thank you for this. And I thank you for being so wonderful and loving where you have prepared us for what is to come. And those of anyone who's listening right now who do not have Jesus in their personal, as a personal savior, God, I ask that you allow them to repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose from my sin. I not only want to share my wealth with others, but God, I want to share your love with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, I have to put a little spin on that. (laughs) Amen. I love you all. I appreciate you all. I pray that you have learned something. I pray that it has sparked something in you to take control of what God has said regarding your wealth and regarding your finances, but also do it from the lens of God and through scriptural understanding. No more bondage, no more praise of something that is a tool. I love you all and speak to you next week.